Well, our homily this evening comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 3. And the main focus here for this homily tonight is on verse 15. But I want to set it in context for us um, as we think about uh, verse 15. In light of what we uh, learned last week about our identities um, as being sojourners and exiles, um, but also as we see it within uh, the, the context here uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3. So I'm going to read verses 8 through 17, um, but then re really zero in on verse 15. Let's give our reverent attention to God's word this evening. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil for reviling, or, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For... And here he quotes from Psalm 34 that we read earlier. Whoever desires to love life and to see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for you for a re who asks you for a reason. For the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, these are words that you caused to be written down in order for us who live generations later, not only to know an historical account of what took place, but to hear you interpret those things for us afresh, even this evening, as you speak to our hearts and our minds and our wills through your word and through the proclamation of it this evening. So help us to set aside the, the cares and concerns and the distractions of the world and help us to listen with laser focus to the murmurings of the Holy Spirit this evening as you speak through him to us. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What does it mean for us 
as we are sojourners and exiles, as we are pilgrims, as we are true citizens of the heavenly places that are still living here on earth, what does that mean for us with the way that we respond to the challenges and the trials that still exist here on earth? What does that mean for us with the way that we use our mouths as witnesses of the heavenly realities in Jesus Christ? What we have set before us here is so vitally important right now as we are living in this very weird, strange time of the COVID, of COVID-19, the coronavirus, as we are living at a time right now when we're really not sure what is going on. It's hard to trust all of the news sources. It's hard to trust the different um, agencies and the things that are going on. It seems that not everyone has all of the same information. And so how do we deal with that? How do, and more importantly, how do we manage ourselves with respect to COVID-19 so that we enhance our witness of Jesus Christ and do not harm it? What do I mean by that? Well, right now in our current cultural situation, especially as things continue to move in a post-Christian direction, it should be no surprise to us that as there seems to be a greater emphasis on a certain version of justice, there is not as much grace anymore. People are not as... um, they don't tend to naturally be as gracious now as they were before. In fact, we live at a time in which even that experience of common grace seems to be disappearing in certain ways that it used to be uh, readily manifest. But as especially with regards to people and public comments. In the cultural situation in which we find ourselves right now, we live at a time when people love to talk about fake news or they love to talk about uh, alternative facts or they love to catch somebody contradicting themselves or saying something that exposes them to the charge of hypocrisy. This week... uh, As I was looking on Facebook, uh, someone um, had posted an article from the Washington Post that I think captures this spirit so well. The headline from April 21st of this past week in the New York, I'm sorry, the New York Post, not the Washington Post. The headline on April 21st, 2020 in the New York Post read, Man Dies from Coronavirus after calling it a political ploy. Man dies from coronavirus after calling it a political ploy. Now the writer of the article doesn't actually cheer the man's death, but what he does seem to be quite happy about is that someone, and by the way, he was a nobody. He is just someone that apparently spent a lot of time on social media but he was not someone who was, um, he, he, he was not uh, in government. 
He did not work for government. He was not someone voted into office by the people. He was just a regular average individual who, who worked a regular average individual job who lived a regular average individual life. But he was very public on social media early on during uh, the beginning stages of the coronavirus saying on so many different platforms that it wasn't as bad as what the media was telling us and that it was just a political ploy. It was something that was being promoted as a way of trying to uh, make things difficult for Donald Trump's reelection. This is just an average individual who through a couple different social media platforms made the mistake of being vocal about something that he really didn't know if was true or not. But he chose to vocalize an opinion. And when that opinion came back to bite him, not simply by him getting coronavirus, but actually dying from it, the New York Post took time to, to post an article about this average individual nobody from Ohio. Why? Because they loved the fact that they had caught this guy in the hypocrisy of his political meanderings. He had taken a chance on saying something political about the coronavirus, and when he was proven wrong, there was, in a sense, a celebration that his hypocrisy could be made known. Now, on the surface, my point here is not, and I want to be clear here, my point here tonight is not to highlight what the writer of the New York Post did. What I want you to realize is that this goes on. Because the point that I want you to understand is that this guy didn't know what he was talking about. He thought he did, but he didn't really know what he was talking about. And he went public. He was proven wrong in a horrible way, and I just I feel horrible for his family, especially given the fact that the, uh, the writer of the New York Post even uh, made sure to say, in sharp contrast to his reported posts, his family pleaded in his obituary for everyone to continue practicing social distancing to keep each other safe. I feel sorry for them, not only for the loss, but even the, the, the hypocrisy that the New York Post was trying to, to show. Even uh, They were willing to even make things difficult for the family during their time of suffering and bereavement. My point here is that the guy said something a lot of times with a lot of conviction that was just conjecture. He didn't know if he was right. And the reality was when he was shown to be wrong, he wasn't just shown to be wrong about the issue. He was made a spectacle of because the world right now loves catching people in contradictions they love catching people in what appears to be hypocrisy. They love, they love being able to discredit witnesses. 
Beloved, you and I are called by Jesus Christ to be witnesses of him, of his work, and of his kingdom. We are called as his people, and we are given the Holy Spirit to empower us to serve as witnesses to the eternal truth that resides in the person and work of Jesus Christ for people who find themselves in sin, who find themselves, because of that sin, uh, facing God's judgment. And we are here as the church to stand between them and God right now and to plead with them the truth of what Jesus has done. We are called to be those who have received the truth to then embrace that truth to such a degree that that truth and the hope that comes with it is literally embodied within us so that when people see us as they watch us respond to the things around us they see that we respond differently in fact if i was uh, to you know if we were to look at first peter in its context what peter is telling us basically is that we are going to appear to be weird and not weird because we make ourselves weird, not weird because we do our best to make ourselves awkward in comparison to the world. We're going to be weird because we have been born again to a living hope. And as we embrace that hope more and more and more, it changes the way we interpret and interact with everything in our lives, especially the way we interpret and interact with the things of this world. We have been born again to a living hope, and we are now sojourners and exiles who live here on earth as representatives and true citizens of the heavenly places. And here's what will happen. If you want to give the world around you a reason not to listen to the hope that you have and to the hope that you can share with them, then all you have to do right now is say things publicly or say something on social media about something that you don't know what you're really talking about. And the result will be not only if you are proven to be wrong on that, not only will you be discredited on that issue, beloved, what you will be doing is becoming discredited as a witness of Jesus Christ. Once your word is not trustworthy, it's not trustworthy. And so as last time, as we looked at what it meant for us to be sojourners and exiles right now, and as I encouraged you to think very specifically about how you are interacting with the world right now, whether you are interacting primarily politically as a citizen of the United States, or are you interacting primarily spiritually as a citizen of the heavenly places. And I asked you to, to look at yourself and to take time to figure out if people were to look at your emails, and if people were to look at your Facebook posts or your Twitter account or whatever, or Instagram or whatever you choose to do, is the witness that will be manifest through those posts 
a witness to Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom or is it a witness to something else? How many articles are being posted right now where you have the Republicans posting things that bolster the Republican Party and the Democrats uh, posting things that bolster the Democratic Party? And how easy it is for us to take sides on this when, beloved, we really don't know. We don't have all the information yet. And the information that we do have is being filtered for you and for me through the different sources and through those sources' worldviews. I would caution you this evening to take a step back and to read the passages that we have read this evening again on your own and look at the emphasis that God places on living the good life in conjunction with using your mouth as a blessing and not a curse. As the living the good life is, is connected to the idea of using your mouth for good and not using it for evil for using your mouth in a way that corresponds to your identity. That's what James is telling us there in James 3. That's why a freshwater pond has fresh water and not salt water. Because if it had salt water, it would be a salt water pond. And I don't even know if, that, if that's even a thing. The point is, you are to manifest things that are consistent with your identity. Beloved, our identity is an identity of the heavenly places. It is an identity where we are united to Jesus Christ, who could have gone around in his earthly ministry, ministry seeking to correct every political wrong position that was being publicized. And yet we won't find him doing, doing so. There are interactions that he has with the Pharisees and the scribes, the religious leaders of his day, that, in which the religion and, and politics was basically one and the same. But even in those conversations, he is responding, and typically is responding on the spiritual side of things and not political. Beloved, we have, a, we have been born again to a living hope. We are to embrace that hope to such a degree that as the text here tells us this evening, that people are to see the way we are living in this world, especially when things are difficult. And when they see how well we respond to the difficulties, when they see how well we respond uh, even when we are being directly contradicted or when we have people that are actually coming after us because of our faith what they will see is a hope that is not just uh, uh, born forth in words it is a hope that is actually forming and shaping lives that they can see and when you have that kind of hope beloved that we are told that people are going to ask you for the reason for the hope that you have and when they do, engage them. You don't have to correct their politics. You don't have to correct 
all of these other issues. Just give, live with hope and then give the reason for your hope. And do so, as it says here, with gentleness and respect. Are your Facebook posts characterized by gentleness and respect? Or are they characterized by trying to pick fights with people? Are they characterized by trying to be edgy? Are they characterized at trying to point fingers and prove other people to be wrong? Because the witness that we bear forth for Jesus Christ and for the eternal kingdom of God is not only borne out in our private words to private individuals, it is borne out in social media through our social interactions. And so I want to encourage us during this time as we continue to live, and, and things got, you know, controversial this week for us here in Georgia. As Governor Kemp has opened up for certain businesses the freedom to, to reopen if they so choose and if they're able to abide by the regulations that, ha that he has put forth. You would think that the governor had just told people to go back to normal, act like COVID-19 is not here, so that everyone gets sick. He has given us the freedom to make, to make choices. We have a choice to make. Are we going to get embroiled in the controversy and try to correct everybody and get... Uh, into arguments through Facebook and social media? Or we, will we allow the things that we're not fully sure of to just be set to the side and instead use our tongues to bear witness to what we know to be true? That COVID-19 is here, but that it is not ultimate. That there is a God who rules and reigns from the heavenly places who is constraining everything that is happening here on earth as it is part of his purpose of moving things from this world to the world to come. And for those who, whom he knows that he has called to himself as his people, there is a calling to receive that grace and then embody that grace and hope to those around them and then to bear witness to that grace and hope with words when God provides the opportunities. For those who do not know God during these times, this is an opportunity for their normal lives to be shaken out of place in order for us to have that open door to show them through the way that we live the hope of Christ and then Lord willing to bear witness to that hope with words when we, give, when we are given that opportunity. Beloved, we don't know a lot of things about COVID-19 right now, but what we do know is that the eternal kingdom of God exists and that it provides light and hope and grace and mercy and purpose to everyone who will but repent of their own self-righteousness and cling to that foreign righteousness that is given to a sinner by Jesus Christ when they will but receive him by faith. Beloved, that's what we know. Let that shape your existence right now.
Let that be the confidence by which you live right now. Let that be so prevalent in your life that people can just look at you and see the living hope. And then when they ask, bear witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. We do not want to lose credibility in speaking about Christ in the eternal kingdom because we chose to speculate politically about something that we really don't have all the information on. For what and for whom are you serving as a witness? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are so kind and gentle to us when we do not deserve it. You give us grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy. You even allow us to continue to sin because your forgiveness is always there for us. And so, Lord, help us to take this seriously and especially to apply this to our lives as witnesses of Jesus Christ in the way that we either build up credibility for ourselves through the ways that we use our mouth or the ways that we can discredit ourselves in the ways that we use our mouth. Father, help us to trust you enough not to speak about things that we really don't know and help us to trust you enough to speak about the things that we really do know your existence, your grace, your mercy, and your salvation. Lord, hear us, help us to repent, and help us to shine forth as manifestations of the heavenly places whose lives bear witness to the wisdom that comes from above that brings healing and not separation that sows peace and not divisiveness. Hear us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.